you don't need another specimen. Oh, uh, hello everyone. Well, after I was a bit poorly in last week's randomizer intro, I thought I'd better get a checkup from one of the many fine doctors of the Jerry Anderson universe. But they were all busy, so Marina's brought me back to Marineville for a consultation with Dr. Doc. What is it, Doc? Exhaustion, maybe? Oh, I'm baffled, Commander. The tests don't tell us anything. Well, I wouldn't have thought there'd be anything to find. I mean, it was only a cold. I'm afraid it's not that easy, Commander. There's no doubt he's dying. You what? Oh, no. He can't be. I've done all I can, Atlanta. You mean you've done nothing and you're all out of ideas? What do you mean, I'm dying? I'd say he'll be gone in four hours. Marina is agreeing. The doctor must be right. Oh, there must be a first time for everything, but I'm sure this isn't it. In other words, you don't know the cause. At the moment, no. Well, we're going to have this case wrapped up in no time at all, aren't we? I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. Well, there is one thing. I'm afraid the task is beyond me. Or any Earth doctor. Well, pressing the button on the randomizer for me? I'm sure even Dr. Venus could manage that. I'll do all I can. The time is short. No, thank you. So, Doc, what are you hoping for from today's episode? Some kind of trance. Form of paralysis. Well, any episode with you in is guaranteed to cause such things, but... That is the answer. Indeed. Oh, it looks like you're going to get your wish. We're facing the hypnotic sphere in Fireball XL5. At the moment, that's all we can do. So I'm recording this one uh, after a week of um, a few sad losses to the Jerry Anson universe. We, of course, lost uh, Nicholas Parsons, voice of uh, Tex Tucker. We've lost uh, Alan Harris, who was an extra in... Uh, all of the uh, live-action Jerry Anderson productions, except for Secret Service and Space Precinct, and I oh, want Space Police, and um, we've also lost Alan Fennell, writer, director, doer of lots more things, and generally all-round good chap. So I was hoping that this week's randomizer might throw up something connected with one of those three people, and as it turns out, we have this hypnotic sphere directed. By Mr. Alan Patillo. I have a feeling that I said Alan Fennell back there. Almost through, Steve. Um, do I abort this? Do I abort? Oh no. Oh no, because if I've said it wrong, then I'm gonna be crucified. But I said Alan Patillo. I definitely said Alan Patillo. Ow! And I won't mention this anymore in case I did say Patillo before, and I'm just wasting everybody's time rambling like this. Robert's about due for a checkup. I've been ill, remember? <coughs> I have a checkup, you have a checkup. Say, Steve, I picked up a lone satellite ahead on the spacemograph. Well, I'll leave you two to your stargazing. I must make out my report. Oh, so Venus has been carrying out medical on Steve um, while he's flying the ship. Be a space probe. Always a good, uh, good thing to do. We've had no news of any activity from there. Wait, yeah, I have it. And this is, um, although it's the second episode of Fireball XL5 produced, I believe this is episode 37 in broadcast order. I'll try to contact it by So this, that often means that um, Come in, EFZ4. it was shunted to the end either because nobody was particularly proud of it or because they just kind of forgot about it. And uh, I think there's quite a bit already we can tell. I don't know if it's maybe the condition of the 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 episode itself, but it looks very dark. Roger, Steve. Although I suppose it makes sense that um, in, uh, you know, a, a 
the void of space, it would it would seem quite dark in the uh, cabin of XL5. I suppose it looks quite nice, actually. Anyway, we've got this uh, Earth freighter just hanging in space. Well, you're gone. I'll report to Space City. Uh-oh. Okay, Venus. They've left Venus in the pilot's seat. <sighs> this could end badly. Don't forget your oxygen pills, Steve. Oh, thanks, Venus. About to enter ejection room. We were going to eject ourselves into the void of space without taking those. Actually, you know, this is XL5. They might well have been. Also strange with uh, XL5, the um, they actually call it the ejection room, but they only have one ejection capsule. Um, which means that if there's two or three of them going out to investigate something... Oh, I was going to say they have to wait around for everyone, but no, Steve's just going straight over to the freighter before Matt's even joined him. Yeah, it does... I don't know why... I mean, from a production standpoint, it makes sense they would only build the one. But you would have thought on a spaceship you'd be better off with, like, two or three. Like, you know, maybe even one for each of the crew. I don't know. I'm not a... I'm not a futuristic spaceman. Tanker entrance located, Matt. Opening now. It says entrance. That's, uh... That's always handy, Matt. We are entering the tanker now, Venus. Roger, Steve. And please, be careful. Um, Steve, um, Venus seems to be, uh... Your flashlight, man. Roger. Well, there are stars moving past XL5's window quite fast. I think she may have abandoned them without realising it. Oh, well. Boy, it's cold in here. Or the power must have failed. Yeah, sure feels like it. And, uh, we just opened the door to space. Um, probably doesn't help. Now, so far throughout this episode, Steve has been wearing his, um, blinking head, which I think makes its debut with this episode, in production order at least, and it, um, it gives the character a less heroic and kind of derpy expression because you can see the, uh-oh, oh, made them jump, oh, a crash zoom and everything. He's alive, but what's wrong with him, Steve? Well, he's a Fireball XL5 guest character, Matt, they, uh... They can often be quite ugly. Right back to Fireball. This place gives me the creeps. Yes, the um, the um, blinking head. Because you can see the uh, the tops of the eyelids, even when it's not blinking. Um, He's in a deep state. And something about the hair just doesn't just doesn't work. A diagnose he's been in this hypnotic coma for several days. And they they kind of cut back and forth between the two heads in this one, with no real rhyme or reason for much of it. Anyway. They are bringing the tanker back to Earth, and they found a hypnotized man aboard. How's Robert making out? Just fine. You'd think he'd been flying tankers all his life. Aww. Steer tanker one seven five zero green. Destroy the humans. Oh, oh dear. Poor Robert. Fireball XL5 entering Earth's atmosphere, Commander Zero. Roger, Lieutenant 90. All systems go. Colonel Zodiac, report to control on touchdown. That's how you can tell this is a very early episode. They're not sort of... Um, they haven't got the banter between uh, particularly 0 and 90 yet if they're calling each other by rank and name rather than just the usual, I know that, 90, shut up. Anyway, freighter touching down, Space City. Um, XL5 looks to be landing on top of the launch ramp. Um... Oh, they cut away before then. Yeah. I'm guessing Venus was at the controls for that one. You know, this is the fourth tanker we found abandoned in the past few weeks. 
They were all on the same route, delivering fuel to Grand Vigna. But we haven't come up with any answers yet. Well, I've got news for you, gentlemen. The tanker pilot isn't going to come up with any answers either. He's still in a state of deep hypnosis. Well, thank you for telling us that a man who's basically in a coma can't answer questions. You've earned your doctorate of space medicine today, Venus. We just have to wait. Things sure are against us. But I've got another idea. Tanker EF Z5 Space... Yeah, if we've lost half a dozen tankers already, let's send out another tanker. That's a brilliant idea. Crewed by a man who um seems to have quite a... Uh, he's got a bit of a stoop. The kind of sort of... Uh, he's, he's kind of pushing his bottom out a little bit. Anyway, XL5 presumably is launching to uh, escort the tanker. It could be very dangerous too, Steve. We don't know what's out there. We'll, uh, we'll soon find out. Uh, we'll be approaching a uh, location where we found Tanker 4 very shortly. <laughs> so Matt is... Um... Actually, that's a, that's a question. Why does the table in Matt's lab revolve? Oh, Steve, this could be it, Matt. Because the, the monitor that he's using stays fixed on the desk no matter where you know what attitude the desk has i just noticed that venus was talking and she sat at the desk and she sort of is rotated backwards out of shot it must be quite disorienting to be sat at that desk if you're not working um and to suddenly find yourself almost being reversed backwards uh, around the room soft anyway the xl5 crew have come across something uh something rather Round and glowy, with nice, peaceful, soporific music. And so has the tanker. This is the cause of the tanker pilot's hypnotic trance. Let's continue to stare at it. My readings show that the sphere is unmanned. Oh, Matt's got plastic um, protractors and set squares and compasses on his desk. It is pleasant not to have to think. Relax. Oh, so now Steve has a reason to have his blinking head on. Gently. But it does make him look like he's got a severe case of uh, bed hair before he's even gone to sleep. Steve. Matt's out. We're being hypnotized. Uh, yeah, thank you. I can't fight it. Nothing can. Wait. Don't judge your failures and um, attribute them to everyone else. Surely someone can fight it. Robert, you, you've got to help. <laughs> I was uh, wasting your time there. Anyway, the uh, tanker pilot's well under the control. You would think that um, it's changing. they would have assumed that there's a possibility of they themselves falling under keep on the hypnotic spell, at the spell of whatever's affected the other tankers. Keep on and it's only just now occurred to them that uh, Robert wouldn't be affected. It is peaceful. Change to course 517. Zero red, Robert. Roger. No, Robert. Keep to present course. Oh, don't start confusing, Robert. This never ends well. You must obey. 5170 red. 5170- Robert's being messed around so terribly. No, no Robert. Keep present course. It. Steve's gone. Oh, no, he's back. To course 5170 red. That's it, Robert's. Oh! Oh, 
karate chopped Steve's neck, and uh, Steve's out for the count. Also got to show off his um, beautiful white teeth before he went down. And um, I suppose this is the first in what I, I always found was a great strength in Fireball XL5, that they, they could make it quite, um, not just sinister, but there was a sort of surreal sinister. Oh, yes. I would say definitely this is the first example of Fireball XL5 surreal sinisterness. The Earth Patrol ship has escaped. We're meeting the grand villain behind the hypnotic sphere. System is foolproof. It's a brain in a jar with an eye. It is not lost. And it's pulsating. You collide with Mirana, the planet of fire. Planet of fire. Oh, there's only one way to get out of that. We must make sacrifice to Logar. Yeah, this is um, a brain in a jar. Um, always classy, always classy, and um, yeah, it does look very similar to uh, weren't there brains in jars in a in an early Doctor Who? Keys of Marinus. I'm sure there was a brain in a jar in the Keys of Marinus. Um, this one's all on his own, as uh, many Fireball XL5 aliens tended to be, either alone or in pairs, and they're heading straight towards. The voice. Planet of Fire. Steered us clear. Because rather than be useful, Robert has completely scrambled his own brain and decided to... Uh, Marana. And we're headed straight for us. Steer them onto a collision course with a fire planet. We've got to pull her out, and fast! Hmm. And they did. They're okay. Uh, that sure was a close call. The voice. It's gone. There are only 28 in my head now, not 29. Yes, we only had a mild dose of that hypnotic treatment, or we'd be in a coma like that tanker pilot. Sure right, Steve. I'll be thinking straight in a minute or two. So that was a fairly um, eerie sequence there. Possibly went on slightly too long. And ultimately... But you can't give us any information, Robert. But he can't. It kind of highlights that Robert... Um, Robert records everything at all times. ...is as much a, a, of a liability as he is useful. Then discover the route that voice tried to make us follow. Because although he's recorded the information that they need to find the uh, planet of the <laughs> great brain in a jar... Um, oh, he can even recreate the voice himself. Uh, yeah, he, he is a liability when it comes to, like, conflicting instructions that cause him to attack fellow crew members. Okay, Robert, that's enough. Course five. Nobody seems to mention that. Nobody seems bothered. If we are to go back there, we must destroy that sphere. Or wear sunglasses. We'll reveal our suspicions. Let's follow it back to its base. This, the base could actually be an upside-down colander. Have you unloaded the cargo into my storage? I'm, I'm not sure, but it could be. It is done. I must obey. For you are a brain in a jar. Tanker into space and... Um... I want to know this brain's backstory. Ah. All the fuel I need will come from the next tanker to come under my influence. So how did it build the sphere? I'm assuming it... I think it said there it's the only one on the planet. Um... Shall be master of the universe. Um, universal domination, yes. A uh, very realistic goal for a brain in a jar. Ah, ah. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. 
It's wonderful. Now all we have to do is... Uh, I mean, talk about, you know... Systems and the hypnotic... Looking to go beyond your limitations. I mean, all power to the brain in a jar. Yeah, Venus. I'm not going to let it... Uh, of the ship. <laughs> stop his ambitions. Cheat up your pants. But uh, don't worry, Steve. I'll work out the necessary calculations to keep Fireball on course. So the XL5 crew have uh, blacked out all the windows. Which is a good idea. It appears that the Earthling escort spaceship did not crash into Mirana. I will launch the sphere again. And presumably he only has the one hypnotic sphere. I would imagine if he had like a whole army of them, then he'd be absolutely irresistible. Although it does beg the question of how he even managed to build one, considering he is a brain in a jar with an eye. And it is, it is rather... You are in my... Again, rather sinister. Um... Relax. It is so. Sphere is lighting up XL5. We're seeing a lot of. Um, we don't have to rely on electronics to progress. wires on the models in this episode. But again, you know, if if they're having lights flashed on them, then there's probably no way to avoid that. The instructions from Robert's recording. And this is really nice, tranquil music as well from Barry Gray. Hey Steve, more spheres. There must be 30 of them. Wait, how do you see that? You're standing in front of a window that's blacked out. Going into land. We'll, um, we'll hear that voice. What? How? Was she peeking through a little crack? Yes, Steve. Let's play it cool. Play it cool as we go and visit the brain in a jar who lives in a colander. <sighs> right. Wait for it. It's gonna be goofy. Athlete patrolman. Come towards the door. Play along with him. Still no eye protection on our heroes, though. They were wise enough to black out the windows on Fireball. For a while, anyway, but... Uh... You are in time to see me conquer the universe. <laughs> Um, yeah, there are stages to that, I'm, I'm sure, between, um, you know, between starting the project and ending the project. You've got to sort of... No. Okay. You cannot win, Earthman. What can we do, Matt? Venus? Oh, the brain in the jar is too scary. That's it, Steve. The temperature in this place would drop in no time if the heating system was damaged. You are right, Earthly. I am delicate, and the cold would kill me. Ah, uh, yeah, but don't... If your plans are to conquer the universe, don't tell anybody your, uh, your fatal weakness. You will soon be at ease. Anyway, he's turned on the hypnotic lights. And again, this is where that eye protection would have come in great handy. Each system. I... I'm... I'm so... tired. I... Must do it. Tia. I'm sorry, I'm still fascinated by this brain in a jar's backstory. What is going on with him? Roy, hate. Was he the only one? Was he created? Is he. Relax. It is such a wonderfully 1950s pulp sci fi thing. You know, our dashing explorers and their great rocket and laser guns and brain in a jar. Oh. It's so. You just don't get many brain in jars as villains today, anyway. Fight this drowsiness. And it's just occurred to me, actually, um, this is coming suspiciously close after 
Stingray's Invisible Enemy, which also featured aliens brainwashing or putting into comas various uh, people, which is a interesting coincidence. Anyway, having told the XL5 crew I've done it! of his fatal weakness, Steve has now taken advantage of it. We're out of the hypnosis! Shot the heating unit and the brain in a jar has just shriveled up. And that means the tanker pilot will be okay too. I know this somehow, probably. We all freeze. Why would the why would the tanker pilot be released just because the brain is dead? I mean, it's possible, but it's not absolutely definite. He could be... How are the tanker crewmen we found on Savetta? They're out of the hypnosis, Steve. They'll be fine in an hour or two. Oh, good. Well, I guess that calls for a celebration. Yep. Yep. We sure have something to celebrate. We killed a brain in a jar and, um... Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that's the end of uh, Fireball XL5. Fireball XL5 Hypnotic Sphere, as directed by Alan Patillo. And much of that is, uh, yeah, fairly sinister and uh, eerie. Not not quite up to the um, the slightly more unsettling episodes that would come later, like uh, Last of the Xanadus and Robert to the Rescue. Um, the sort of hypnosis sequences on Fireball XL5 maybe took a bit longer than... Um, them were really necessary but for an early episode I think it's um, yeah we're, it's a it's a good it's a good episode too Jupiter and maybe very soon but I'm sorry brain in a jar brain in a jar as uh, the I mean come on that is I don't know if that's the silliest thing I've ever seen or the most wonderful thing I've ever seen I am going to skew Mostly towards the latter, I have lots of questions about the brain in a jar, but I'm kind of glad that uh, I'm never going to get them answered, because it's much better to wonder. Brain in a jar, everybody! Uh -huh.